Welcome to the Smart Tech Check Podcast, hosted by Mark Vina, your home for candid, insightful, and provocative conversations about the smart home, home automation, security, smartphones, PC and console gaming, and much more. Hello, everyone. My name is Mark Vina, host of the Smart Tech Check Podcast. Today is Tuesday, August 15th, 2023. Proactive notifications are crucial to broadband subscribers as they enhance user experience and resolve issues swiftly. Timely alerts about service disruptions, maintenance, and data usage keep subscribers informed and prepared. This minimizes frustration, promotes customer satisfaction, and and maintains a reliable and seamless broadband connection. To discuss how broadband service providers are upping their game to provide timely proactive notifications to their subscribers, I'm joined by Bob Carrick with Calix, Adam Ross Hill with GLDS, and Juan Garcia with the city of Longmont, uh, which is based in Colorado, which is out there um, a couple of weeks ago to see the Yankees play the Rockies. Gentlemen, good morning and and welcome to the podcast. Good morning. Thanks for having us. Good morning. This is really an incredibly important topic. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to drop a name Uh, during our, our preparation call a couple of weeks ago. I mentioned that I'm I'm fortunate enough to be a, um, and I say that tongue in cheek, a, a Comcast customer. I've had Xfinity. Um, I have very, very limited um, choices here. That's, you know, of course, one of the challenges you have um, in, in several parts of the United States, surprisingly in San Jose, of all places, you know, the birthplace of silicon technology. But that's a different story. And I will tell you, and I think, you know, I think Comcast knows this because I've, I've, I've pointed this out. You know, I, I depend on broadband for my livelihood. You know, I don't have, you know, it's not just optional for me to, because I want to play games or check my email. I mean, I really rely on really robust, consistent uh, broadband. And I've had a couple of situations where um, literally my, my notification is when my broadband service went out, you know, that I'd have to, you know, switch to cellular on my phone, go onto the Xfinity app and then find out, guess what? There's a disruption in my area with, by the way, rarely an ETA of when the things are going to be fixed. And I don't mean to pick on Comcast. I mean, that would be easy for me to do. But I think the topic we're going to talk about today is so crucially important because broadband and I, you know, Bob, you and I have talked about this before on prior um, podcasts. Broadband is such an essential part of people's lives today. It's as important as electri- electricity and water. I mean, it's not, and that's not overstating things. So what I want to do is before we go into the um, to the, the podcast itself, I want to um, ask each of you kind of the, give, give a quick overview of who you are. Let me bring up um, some slides here. Bob, you've been on the uh, call before. I think my audience knows you, but I'll give you a couple of minutes to talk about yourself. No, I appreciate it. And since my role has changed a little bit since the last time, so I appreciate the the next introduction. So I'm the director of global <laughs> strategy for Calix Cloud. Uh, 25-ish plus years in the broadband industry. In fact, I am an ex-Comcaster, so I don't mind you talking about their services a little bit. Um, you know, they do a lot of things great, but they do a lot of things poorly, right? That That's a big machine that has to move. And, you know, I, I love the topic that we're going to talk about today and how automation can really change um, service providers. But yeah, that's a quick introduction to myself. Well, thanks, Bob. That's great. Let's uh, go to... Our next slide, Adam, please uh, give us an overview of who you are. Yeah, I'm Adam Rossfield. I'm the Partner Alliance Manager at GLDS. I get to work with uh, world-class vendors like uh, Calix and our uh, service provider family like Longmont. 
in different integrations and uh, working on partnership together to help deliver service delivery and automation through their networks. So it's it's a really fun job. Yeah, like I mentioned that uh, broad, broadband was a, um, as important as water and electricity. It's been my entire livelihood. So from <laughs> my entire professional career has been focused around broadband from either climbing the poles, getting to the back office or chassis configuration and service delivery. I've had the pleasure and honor of wearing many different hats, really to the excitement of uh, the, the BSPs out there at the, the other end of the, the rope that sell the internet. Well, again, I, I think I have the right core of folks here. And, and, and in particular, you know, Juan, I'm so happy to have you on the call because you know, you're in a job where the rubber meets the road. I mean, you know, you're not sitting up on some type of um, virtual cloud kind of opining about what's going on in life. I mean, the work that you do with, with the city of Long, Longmont, and I know you're going to talk about it for a second, is really important because you feel the pain, you know, when someone doesn't have a, um, uh, you know, for whatever reason, their internet connection has gone out. But let's talk about what you do. Yeah, so I'm with the city of Longmont. I've been here for nine, uh, nine years now almost, um, mainly working in network engineering, network operations. I currently manage both of those groups. And prior to that, I was with Plateau Telecommunications and network engineering role there. And I've been deploying fiber networks for the last 14 years. Um, so a lot of gigabit cities we've launched and built. Uh, well, yes. Yeah, so, uh, well, thank you for that. What I, what I want to do now, though, as we got kind of get into the topics here, uh, Bob, you 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 know you publicly speak on Calix's behalf um, many many times, but there was a clip that I pulled from one of your presentations, which we're going to show in a second. But before I pull that up, why don't you just set that up for a second, if you don't mind, for the audience? Oh, appreciated. And I I said no, appreciated. Of course, I would be happy to set it up. Uh, specifically, this was actually at the GLDS user conference here in 2023 earlier this year. I was invited to come in and speak and really talked about how service providers can change how they support their subscribers. If you look at the model that our industry and our industry being broadband service providers, so you know the city of Longmont and, and myself and how GLDS plugs into all of that is built on a hundred years of bad process. And you might say, well, broadband hasn't existed for a hundred years. If you look at the majority of broadband companies today, they come from the world of Alexander Graham Bell. Yes. So they're built on all of these old telco processes and, and Folks such as myself, right, being 25 years in the industry, I've worked for some of those bad process companies. And if you look at across the industry, a lot of the executives come from those same worlds. And so the talk that I gave was how could we do things differently? How could we go from being a very reactive organization, meaning I wait for subscribers to call me, versus how could I be proactive? How can I identify problems and change how we support those subscribers? That's a brief yeah, overview of what the full conversation was. Yeah, let, let's show the clip here. It's only a couple of minutes, but I think it's very, very instructive. It's always been something that our networks have struggled with. So being able to understand in advance of a saturation event, or what if an uplink port is saturated, thus affecting every subscriber on that whole system, right? So you can look at how do you understand pond saturation and get ahead of events where saturation is affecting other subscribers. This one, uh, you know, I had the fortune of meeting with multiple GLDS and Calix customers back in October. Outage notifications was a huge topic. Uh, actually, some of my friends in the front row, uh, though I appreciate them sitting in the front row, um, were actually part of those conversations and outage notifications 
uh, really started to get some light as being a huge industry problem, right? Understanding when, let's say, a pond goes down, who's impacted by that event so that you can be proactive. Yes, it's reactive because you're fixing a problem after it happened, but you can't. Someone asked me actually uh, on a call one day, said, can you notify me before an outage happens? I said, I don't have satellites in the sky looking for air and backhoes, so no. I can't do that, but what we can do is at least tell you when an event happens, exactly who impacted, where the problem happened, so that you can be faster to fix it. You mo probably all in here would say, if I asked you, how do you know when you have an outage? You're going to say when subscribers start calling. That is backwards. You're spending millions of dollars on these networks. You should know before your subscribers call you when an event happens. Now there's a time racing condition. If I tell you within 60 seconds of an alert, there might be a subscriber who has already started calling you because they're just that fast on the phone. But you can understand and get ahead of events like pond saturation. And as soon as something happens in your network, you can know exactly where the problem is, exactly what subscribers are affected, and you can message them. You would probably not be surprised that if you proactively called a subscriber or sent them a text message or an alert in a managed app and said, hey, I know you're affected and your services are down, but we're on it. That subscriber experience is far different than you waiting for them to get frustrated and calling you and being put on hold and then saying, hey, my Wi-Fi is down, the subscriber, the, the, the customer rep who's supporting that subscriber hears Wi-Fi and starts troubleshooting Wi-Fi only to realize that, wait, there's a bigger effective problem. Well, and, and the reason why I found that so compelling is that as I was mentioning before, and all of you know this, is that you know broadband access at home, it's not just a work productivity thing where, hey, listen, if my internet access go, I can't work. I mean, that's crucial. And let's face it, broadband is not the novelty it was maybe 15 years ago when, hey, you know, if the broadband goes out, that's the nature of broadband and my life doesn't stop. There's not only a work um, consequence that if broadband goes down, there are so many devices in the home today that um, help monitor children, help um, uh, people with their uh, monitoring their health. I mean, this is not a trivial type of thing. So I th this is an incredibly important topic that I really wanna jump into. And I've got some topics here that I would like to get each of your reaction to. And the first one is, and let, let's start with uh, Bob. Bob, how can broadband providers, BSPs, that's the acronym in the industry, you know, how do they move from a reactive to a proactive um, uh, position? Uh, and, um, and, and how do they change the way they operate, you know, from, from a uh, interaction with service providers? Appreciate it. it it's, it's a challenge, right? You know, I'll start by saying change is scary, right? And so if you're a big machine trying to change how you've been doing things for 30 years, that's going to be a different answer than in the case of City of Longmont, right? They're actually net new, right? So they get to start with doing things differently. And if you take a quick step back and look at, well, why, why is it hard? The complexities are, if you look at the data about the subscriber's end-to-end -end experience, lives in multiple systems in the service provider's network. There's parts of information that live in billing, there's parts of information that live in the managed Wi-Fi system, there's parts of information that exist in the infrastructure, the physical OLTs and ONTs. 
And bringing all of that together into one unified understanding of the experience is really challenging because it then sits across multiple different vendors. Mm -hmm. So if you're able to get three organizations like this together where you've got Calix doing the managed Wi-Fi side, the physical network side, you've got GLDS doing, you know, billing and ticketing and dispatching, and then you've got City of Longmont really orchestrating all of that. When the three organizations come together, you can institute that change. So you can say, okay, I want to look at this data from these disparate systems in one platform, and I want to orchestrate it to do things autonomously when something happens. So it, it does take having intelligent systems. It takes having really good partners. It takes having all of the three organizations in this example come together. But when you go ahead and build out that orchestration and that automation, you can really affect change because now you're relying on the machines to do some of that heavy lifting as opposed to like, for example, waiting to get a phone call to understand that a subscriber has services and then the call center is going to escalate to say Juan Garcia's team, who's then going to go do more investigation manually. We can take a ton of that human element out of the identification of a problem. We're not trying to take human element out of the interaction with the subscriber. We're just trying to change when that interaction happens before they're frustrated or after. This is the effect of doing it before so that we can be proactive instead of reactive. Adam, your reaction to this, to this topic? It, it's important. And I think it's important to kind of talk about Bob's point in the video where when your customers are calling you, it's too late, right? That's really the, the crux of that. And funny enough, um, you know, GLDS and Longmont have been working together for a long time for service delivery with different integrations for Calix through CMS and the, the Calix Cloud API. Although we have an SMX integration, a lot of that starts at the data collection and analysis end of performing a, an update on a state change. But, but what we do with Longmont and Calix is when the customer signing up for services, they're picking the information about who they are, where they are, and then it's creating an activate work order to go through the whole service delivery chain all the way to the technician on site where they press a button in an app that turns the services on and then reaches out to the different APIs with the serialized data of an ONU um, or Wi-Fi RG. And we take all that and we package it up and then we run API sequence commands to turn that equipment on or off if they've paid their bill. But what's really neat about that is that um, initially when Bob said, hey, you know, the customer's calling you, it's too late. A long time ago, GLDS introduced a product called uh, WinWatch for outage detection that was based on the number of service calls or trouble work orders that were opened within a specific region within a specific amount of time. And that would then send a broadcast alert to the entire organization. So the, the customer management TSR saying, hey, there's an outage, right? And what we're talking about now is using the state of the network, the real-time state of the network from this ONU's gone offline. Send a call back to us saying it's gone offline so that it, it flags the, the account right at that level to say it's on offline and potentially even communicates to the customer directly if uh, they're opted in for those type of communications. So it could even pre prevent that initial call into the call center. So now it starts from the, the integrated systems that be able to power and leverage the tools and the different APIs for service delivery.
Now, Juan, you're, you're the man here. Um, you're, you know, you're on the front line from a city of Longmont standpoint, or just from a, just from a, um, you know, what you know, your, 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 what you do is replicated at countless companies and and comp uh, and uh, organizations that utilize, um, obviously, broadband on a um, on a dispersed basis. What's your reaction to this? Uh, so we're looking forward. Really, want to try to eliminate kind of user error and detecting alerts. We want to you know automate it through APIs and some machine learning so that we can really leverage all these platforms to their fullest and that'll allow us to be reactive you know whenever the GLDS system is working with Calix Cloud to detect an outage that'll allow our TSRs to be able to to know you know when a customer calls that they're they're already in an outage rather than having to swivel chair through a couple of systems trying to figure out what's going on on the network I think just having these alerts in one system will really minimize the amount of time spent looking for issues in the network. Now, let's talk about, uh, this is a really important topic, this whole notion of network operations being automated. Now, it's a bit bit of a, you know, I, when, I, when I ask this question, a lot of network operations are already automated, but there's a surprising amount of infrastructure that's not automated. I think that would kind of surprise people. As you enhance network operation to a more automated fashion, how does that increase efficiency and reduce operating expenses? Which, at the end of the day, is you know we, we want to be want to be mindful of that. We're not you know we want to add this capability, but we also don't want to raise opex. I'm sure a lot of COOs and CFOs would agree with me on that. So, starting with you, Adam, you know what's your take on the whole automatic network operations component, and really does how to, how that helps BSPs. So the service delivery for automated network orchestration is something that GLDS has been doing very well, um, dating back to 2006 for previous DOCSIS networks. And around 2012, we actually, for Longmont, started automating our first Calix site for turning on CMS and service delivery. It, and that was really focused around the data swivel reduction, right? So making things that are 95% repeatable, like turning services on or off for customers, and reducing that down to button clicks. So you, something that used to take upwards of you know, 30 to 40 minutes um, or 15 to 20 minutes per order can be reduced down to a simple button click and you're getting incredible ROI back on that side for the mm. service orchestration, right? Um, and now we're just taking it a step further as we get more API centric around you know, faster issue detection and resolution, predictive maintenance, proactive capacity planning. And an efficient network configuration. Why would you have, you know, a whole bunch of different high-skilled individuals in the network team, like Juan's network team, go out and have to provision every order? And it doesn't scale, right? Like that's not how you scale an organization um, for for trouble calls or for service delivery. You don't. You didn't want the technicians calling in to do the provisioning. It used to be something that you would all do ahead of time. You know, get your little work orders wrapped around your boxes, and it was all keyed in ahead of time. And now you're we're just really looking for efficient network configuration and delivery service models. And the other end of that is when the customers go into arrears, you don't want to go swivel back in the 10 systems. You want, again, that one button that'll drop all those customers into a, a spot where they can make a payment and be turned back on automatically, right? Every time you can reduce uh, one particular data point where people have to do repeatable processes in the network, 
will be something that um, returns efficiency back to the network operator. And I think Juan could probably even speak to that a little bit from his side of what we do for them yeah. with uh, with Calix. Yeah, let, let, let's actually flip that over to Juan because you know you meant, you said the magic word and that's scalability. And you know the only way scalability works is that if you can become more efficient and you can't just throw technology at something, the cost doesn't scale. You have to be able to do things in an efficient manner. You have to be able to you know do more things with fewer people. Um, correct me if I'm more, correct me if I'm wrong, Juan, but I I could I am sure that my my guess is right about this. You probably don't have a staff of uh, 500 people, <laughs> so you really have to work in a kind of a scalable way. So let's let's talk about that. Yeah, so we really want to limit you know user errors. So by making things automated and and kind of driving self serve options for our customers, that allows us to do that those type of things. Um, the more integrations we can have, and the the more single pane of glass that either our customers or our staff can use to manage the system or the customers. Just makes it easier for everybody. And I know, come, oh, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Juan. Well, I, I come from a, my prior role at Plateau. We actually had people that were filling out orders for you know 25,000 customer networks spread across half the state of New Mexico, and there was literally a printed piece of paper where they would go and turn up a port and build <laughs> the service for that subscriber. Where you fly, pivot to where I come work for. City of Longmont when we launched this network and we integrated with GLDS from day one and we had automatic service provisioning from the get-go and it just makes everything way easier and way scalable. We don't have an army of people turning up four or 500 customers a week. Right. And, and Bob, just to close, it, close this out, obviously, you know, BSPs, they want to take on more services. They want to be able to provide more value to um, their uh, subscribers. And to build that confidence with subscribers, and we're going to talk about on the last topic in a second about building confidence and building wealthy in that area, the active notification component really plays a powerful role in that because if I'm a subscriber and I feel more confident that what I'm paying for, whether it's home security enhancements, whether it's other things that BSPs uh, provide value on, I'm much more likely, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm much more likely to have that stickiness if I have confidence that my BSP has my back and will proactively tell me, you know, when there's an issue and of course when the issue might get resolved and I'm not, you know, it, it doesn't happen, which has happened to me where the way you find out is your internet goes down. So let's talk about that kind of angle for a second, if you don't mind. Mark, you're very right, right? There have been a lot of studies that have looked at proactive support versus reactive support and the user. So in this case, the broadband service provider subscriber is more, has a more willingness to buy, right? Is Broadband service providers are, you know, it's it's newer, right? They're not just providing triple play services anymore. You're looking at parental controls are now a thing, right? You've had Bark as a topic on your podcast previously. Yes. That's an additional service to help protect the 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 youth in in the U.S. As an example, you talked about security. So typically speaking, if a service provider is proactive in their support of their subscribers, there's up to a forty percent more likeliness to purchase more things from that organization. But you're very right. And if we just touch on the reduction of operating expenses, right? We talked a lot about between City of Longmont and GLDS, automated flow through service provisioning. So we're taking that automation that's existed in the front half of the experience of a subscriber's turn up. And now we're adding that automation to the back half because unfortunately, outages will happen. You can't 
stop a fiber cut from an errand backhoe. You can do all the right practice to make sure, but you can't stop when a storm rolls through and, and power goes down. But if you're able to be more effective in supporting those subscribers and letting them know either when they do call, letting them know immediately that yes, they're impacted by an no, outage or flipping that model to being very proactive and letting them get a message up front, then you can really reduce the operating expenses because you're not wasting time troubleshooting. And, and to Juan's point, he doesn't have hundreds of people trying to go and do things. It can be much more efficient. Right. Well, let, let's hit this last topic. And this is, I think, the most important topic of, of the three we've discussed. And you know, how does this proactive approach create more satisfaction? I think we all know the answer to that because we've been kind of talking about that throughout the podcast. But at the end of the day, you know, if I'm a BSP, I'm going to start with, with Adam on this. If I'm a BSP, you know, the key that you don't want turnover, you want stickiness, you want that, that subscriber to uh, year in and year out, stay with you. Um, even if they do have choices and sometimes some in some geographic locations across the country, they do have um, choices, other places they don't. But I get the sense that a good BSP like GLDS is, is not going to be satisfied with, well, you have to use us. So you, <laughs> we don't really care about um, that's a gross extreme comment just for me to make a point. But this proactive piece does have a, I think, a significant impact on subscriber satisfaction. So from your perspective, Adam, how would you, um, how, how would you react to that? Yeah, like, like Bob said, there's uh, no eye in the sky, right? So you gotta use what you have out there. And, and listen, one negative experience can put a bad taste in a, yes. a consumer's mouth at the end of the day, right? So let's start with where that matters. It's the perceived mm -hmm. value of increased communication. I personally, as a technologist, I'm not calling into the call center if my internet goes down because I know thousands of other people are going to do that right away. So you have an immediate influx of calls. And the BSP still has to not only have the line space to open that so they don't get a busy signal, which adds increased frustration, they want to probably prevent that call from coming in the first place, right? So that improved communication, the faster issue resolution, and you know, in this case, you can't prevent the service disruption, but you might be able to reduce the churn rate. You might prevent that customer from being annoyed enough that, oh, I can't get in touch with my BSP. They're not working on it. This is a big outage. I can't do my Zoom call or there's something really important. Like we all rely on the, 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 it's the essential services of the internet to do our jobs, to go to school, to learn, mm -hmm. pay bills now, right? It's, it's not optional. You have to have the digital connectivity to participate in it. Yes. And the second the internet goes off in my house, I got three people at my office door, <laughs> right? So, and, and am I going to make a call? If I have a text message saying someone's working on it with a perceived ETA under that first hour, I'm probably not going to call in because right. I know that it's being looked after. And that might make a bigger, stickier customer so that they don't churn out at the end of the day. And I think that helps increase a positive reputation and, and brand images. Well, and, and uh, Adam, you said the magic thing. I think that you know, once you lose a customer, and this ha is, and this has been true since the dawn of capitalism. I mean, if you lose a customer, it takes you that much more effort, dramatic amount more of effort, more cost to win that customer back if you can win that customer back. Uh, so, Juan, from your perspective, I mean, the subscriber satisfaction piece. How critical is that? You know, in regards to this proactive approach that we've been talking about for the last uh, 25 minutes or so? I think it's going to be good just from allowing 
us to know before the customer calls in what's going on. So we will have a pop on the, the billing system saying, hey, this customer's currently in an outage. You know, and further as we integrate this more, we'll have a, we could put something up on our phone system to reduce the amount of people that are sitting in hold. It'll allow them to know there's an outage in your area. You know, we'll be working on it. On it. And that just, you know, kind of goes to our, our way of notifying the customers. We run a status page, we can get that populated earlier rather than after we get, you know, 20 calls in the queue. Um, it's all about just trying to make sure we can have self-serve options for the customers and reduce on the amount of calls that we're taking. Well, Bob, I'd love you to just kind of close us out on this because it's been a great um, podcast, but I get the sense at Calix, and I don't think I'm telling you anything, anything you don't know, that this commitment to customer satisfaction, to commit this commitment to working with the BSPs in a very partnership type of way is so crucial to Calix's success formula. Of course, it shows up in results, and I won't, you know, I won't belabor that because I think most folks know that Calix has been quite successful. From a, especially from a business results standpoint, uh, but specific to this, do, do you really? I have to believe that you believe this is absolutely consistent with Calix's overall strategy about customer satisfaction, and and that I obviously that extends to the um, subscriber, but at the end of the day, you know the the BSP is the ultimate interface to that subscriber. So clo let's close out the podcast with your thoughts on that. I appreciate that, Mark, because you're very right. It is the foundation of of the Calix business model, right? You know, our philosophy is helping broadband service providers simplify their business, which is what we're talking about here. When you're doing all of this integration automation, we're simplifying the business. It's about exciting their subscribers. So increasing subscriber satisfaction is synonymous with exciting the subscribers because that subscriber satisfaction, and we've all, there's studies that also show customers or subscribers that have, that have received proactive support have a 90% more likelihood to have a positive outlook on that service provider. And then the last of the, the aspects is helping broadband service providers grow their business. So if you're reducing churn, you're helping them ease efficiencies and automation. They can go build more fiber, get to those places that are underserved and, and don't have options like you mentioned from a broadband service provider perspective. So really it's the foundation of the Calix way is that, you know, let's simplify how you do business so that you can provide great experiences and go grow your business. Well, very, very well said, Bob. Thanks guys for really a terrific um, podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you for taking the time to join me today. Uh, for our viewing and listening audience, thanks for making the Smart Tech Check podcast part of your day or commute. Please make sure that you hit the like and subscribe buttons at the end of today's podcast or use these on-screen QR codes to connect with me. You can also follow me on X, formerly known as Twitter, at Mark Vina Tech, uh, Tech Guy. We've got a QR code up there for a um, to, to read an ebook on this topic, which I encourage you to uh, access, download. And gentlemen, thanks again for the, your time. And until next time, have a great week. Mm -hmm.